clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure. Where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, what did you think of that? It was like my War of the Worlds kind of voice. I mean, what it tells me is that you're coming in with a certain energy today. I'm coming hot. I'm coming hot. I'm ready. I don't know what to do with it, but we will see. We'll see. And we are back, folks. Season four, episode two. Another classic episode to get us into the groove for season four. And it's great to see your face again, Doc. Loving the sweater. Loving the outfit. You're looking great. Are you feeling as good as you look, Doc? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I had a recent move, so I'm a little, like, you know, yeah. a little overwhelmed. Yeah. But good. But you know what? It's crazy. Uh, so when I came here to film, uh, film, well, we haven't done it yet, but we're going to. But when, when I came here to record this episode today, the Doc was telling me a story. Because, you know, she just, we had told you last week, she moved back to New York. It was a new thing. And the poor... Doc goes out and gets a true New York, welcome to <laughs> fucking New York, welcome back, kind of a thing. You what? Did you t- tell tell the story really quick, because it was. I, just, I was like, this is not real, but know, it's then again, I, it's New York. I want to be fair because I don't think the person was doing very well, but they, someone, while I was just <laughs> standing and minding my own business, threw began throwing rocks at me. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we're, we're not talking like pebbles, like like, like rocks, like like shot put size rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing now, but you know those moments where you're like. Your brain, something is so absurd that your brain is like... Can't compute it. Like, I just can't compute. And I was on the phone with someone and I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, what what are you doing? And then all of a sudden my survival brain kicked in and was like, oh no, you're still going to keep doing this. Yeah, they're going to keep throwing rocks at you. I'm going to run away. Girl, if Uh, there was ever a welcome back to fucking New York When I lived here in my 20s... I was here for one hour and got mugged. <laughs> <laughs> so it literally, the city just wanted to keep it up. They just wanted yeah. to keep consistent. And I respect that, New York. I respect it. <laughs> I mean, chucking rocks at the dock. That I mean, like, blew me big away. rocks. Yeah. Re- I was, yeah. Truthfully, pretty strong person who was ever throwing I these know, rocks I know. I did think about that after my heart rate. Reduced, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was like, "What?" That you didn't end up with a rock in the face, yeah. And you, what? but you told me it like matrixed you, like you literally like the yeah, rock came like, at you, and you were like, "Whoa!" And it like went sideways past. You know, your it was face. real. I mean, I don't know what this person did previously in life, but good aim, good aim, good, and hey. strong. Yeah, good aim and strong. I well, uh, I am glad. I wish you're them. Okay. I wish them better for the rest of the day. Yes, you do. You know, it's because yeah. you're kind, and I love that about you. I really do love that about you because you know, had I been there. 
I would have started throwing rocks back at that person and like, don't throw rocks at my friend. But then I would have felt bad because you would have been like, don't throw rocks. They're clearly having a hard day. And then, you know, I would have felt really guilty because I was throwing rocks at somebody for Anyway, the point is, I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad you're safe. Welcome I'm, back I mean, to I am, New York. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad that I'm talking to you with all my teeth. 100%. 100%. Welcome back to New York, Doc. Uh, and I got to tell you, um, I... Had a very interesting day myself on the way here. I did. What happened? Nobody threw rocks at me, but a guy was really like spreading it, you know, on the train on the way up here. And I was like, he's being so fucking rude. And it was pissing me off because there was a little old lady sitting there and literally, I mean, standing there. And I was, and, and she didn't want it because she looked intimidated by this guy. And I finally was like, brother, come on, dude. Like, let the little old lady sit down, man. Come on, what are you doing? I didn't say little old lady. I'm just giving that for context here. But, you know, he looked up at me and, you know, I'm not a small guy, but I did say, and it was an, it was like a, a New York miracle. He went, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry I wasn't paying attention. And then he folded up his legs and then he let her sit down and she turned to me and she said, thank you, sir. I said, you're so welcome. I was still grumpy about it. But the point is, <laughs> he did a nice thing for that little old lady and he listened to me. So. Yeah. You had a moment in New and, York. I had a moment. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and look at us yeah. coming together again. Synergy. Also. Exactly almost the same. Side note. What a beautiful moment of an example of sometimes when someone seems like they really don't care, giving people the benefit of the doubt that sometimes maybe something else is going on. They're That's just right. not paying attention. That's right. And you probably would have said that to me while I was throwing rocks at that person. <laughs> don't throw rocks at my no, friend. No, on the subway, I would have said, Say that more kindly to that person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to get their attention to help the other yes, person. Yes. Up. Just don't, you know, I didn't have to yell at him. You're probably right, but I'm in New York. And anyway, the point is we both had moments, but we're here together. Now we're sharing. We are in sharing. our own moment. And together. I'm excited about this episode today. I'm excited about this episode today. I, first of all, I, the, 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 the title's not your pluckiest. I know it's not. It's not your pluckiest. And I thought that it was going to be a little bit pluckier. After last week's was also not as plucky a title. It was a little serious of a title for our first episode because we're easing mm, back mm -hmm. in. But I understand you did a big move. You yeah, got a lot going yeah, on. I, I work you have it, a new man. private office. You got all this stuff going on, right? So, you know, I it's okay. And if you need no. my writing... No? No, I'm good. I didn't even get to finish what I was going to say. No, I'm good. You know, you remember <laughs> what you said about the person on the train? <laughs> All right, we are back. Don't forget to check out the Amy book, announcements about announcements. Don't forget to go and check out all the things University of Pleasure. And don't forget to go and check out Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit, which I will be on one day. You will all see, and it will be a great moment. Anyway, that point is, check it out. It's amazing what they talk about. The things that they understand blow my mind. And then at the same point in time, the Amy book is out there. You can listen to it on all of the audiobook streaming services. And we have more things coming down the pipe for the University of Pleasure this year. And we're very excited about it. And we will, starting at the break of season, you know, at our like mid-season break, we're going to do the camera setup stock. And then everybody's going to be able to see the incredible interaction that we have, the chemistry, the unbridled excitement that we have when we see each other, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how it just glows mm -hmm. like a supernova. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be big. I'm really excited for it. It's coming down the pipe. I worry that there's going to end up a lot of memes of me because- Memes I, of you. <laughs> memes, memes of me, like 
with like an eye roll or looking annoyed, you know, that like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be like, like on a, Instagram, like, like, that's like, this is what my wife you does. Know what I mean? when yeah, yeah. Like this is a mood. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I'm a little concerned. But we'll, we'll uh, I'm not concerned it. because I bring you such joy. It's true. I bring you such joy. And, and, you know, I'm really humble about the joy that I bring to you mm -hmm. and, and, you know, being somebody that just is that way. You know what I mean? So I am grateful for me to be here for you. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be a problem. And I won't let that happen, Doc. I'll go off. I'll, I will come after these mother Like I did that guy on the train today. I'll be like, you better take that meme down. Okay. That's my friend. Cause you know, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit, Doc. All right. But it's not about me. Let's get on to this. Okay. Today's episode, Hate Jealousy, A Love-Hate Story. All right. It'll make more sense as we go. No, I'm with you. Again, I, I am actually excited about this title because I used to be an extremely jealous person in relationships when mm. I was young. And this is true. I know it's hard for you to understand this. It's not hard. Okay. I, you could have <laughs> given me a little more runway. <laughs> I know you have limited time today, so I'm just trying to keep it's it. It's not hard, dude. I know, keep it at tight. You know, just, just want to just be clear. Okay. Uh, but I was, and uh, all the way up until I want to say in, in my 20s, and then I started to really kind of mellow out, and I had to learn a lot about myself and my relationship with jealousy because I was experimenting the lifestyle and what that would mean. Because, you know, as we've said on the University of Pleasure before, it's all good as long as it's not done to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if I'm doing this thing and I'm hooking up with this person and we're like in a full swap couple scenario, it's all good. It just don't, you can't do it. You know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm fine, but I didn't, I mean, it's different if you're they, doing it, yeah, right? Yeah, things are, things are super groovy. Yes, yes, of course. And so I really had to genuinely take a step back and look at my relationship with jealousy because I'm like, I don't know if I can deal with this, you know, going into a situation, uh, you know, exploring sexually in that way, right? So... I believe that, you know, it is something that, you know, we can face and we can talk about. And I think uh, it's a great topic for us for the beginning of season four to really kind of get into because this is a common theme that happens to a lot of people and a lot of relationships yeah. in a lot of different ways. And jealousy can take all types of different forms. And so anyway, I'm excited about it. I'm here to learn, Doc. Let's fix some humans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious though, for you, like when you think about jealousy, just generally speaking to, to you, does, do you feel like kind of culturally that it has a negative, neutral or positive association? Like how do we, I look at it as a, I look at it as it, it has a purpose to a certain degree, but at the same point in time that it, it's, you know, because you, you, first of all, the question you asked was way too complicated. Okay. You were like culturally, I don't know, is really, the answer. But, really but more what like, I'm do, say, you, like, do you think like people see je jealousy as a negative thing or as a positive thing or as a neutral thing? I think that most people see jealousy as a negative thing. It's mm -hmm. a negative connotation because, you know, it, it can cause people to act. Out. It can cause people to lash out at their partners. It can cause uh, people to become very paranoid and, and worried about things that might be very mundane. Like to me, I look at jealousy this way. It is something that is there for a reason. I don't know what it is. I'm not a doctor. We will talk about it. I'm sure we will, but I don't know what it would be. I'm just giving you my personal opinion. And that at the same point in time, it has its, it's got its purpose, but it should not 
I look at like the Hulk, like, you know, it starts out as like Bruce Banner and then it can like Hulk up and become all consuming and like Hulk smash and like destroy everything around you if you can't control the way that it goes. And so I'm not sure why it specifically needs to be there, but I know that there's a reason and I, I see it as a purpose, whether it's to keep us honest or to, you know, keep grounded. I don't really know. I just know that I had to get grips on the Hulk mm-hmm. and control them a little bit better if I was going to go exploring in the way that I was exploring. Because, you know, one thing, you know, good old buddy Jeremiah James doesn't like is, is a stinky hypocrisy, you know. So I can't be out there having a blast if my friend or partner or whatever can't. It's not fair, right? right. So anyway, am I talking too much? No. Okay. No. It's a good, it's a, it's a good sort of premise for what we're going to talk about. Okay, like, good. I'm glad good, because I, I, you know, I didn't know where we we're going to go with it, but I, that was my feeling on it. Okay. Yeah. No, I, um, I think the jealousy for me is as a, as a psychologist, right? And of course it's like nerdy psychologist, but I, I think jealousy is a really fascinating emotion, right? And I think, especially in terms of how we perceive jealousy, because to your point, a lot of times jealousy is perceived as really negative. And so sometimes when people are feeling it, or even when their partner are feeling it, people have, um, if someone's feeling it, they might have a lot of embarrassment about that or sure. even like shame, or sometimes if the jealousy is strong enough, they don't feel anything but that, right? But it, it's often perceived negatively, but what's interesting is that we also have this very, um, I want to call it positive, but like this other side of jealousy in which when it's not occurring, when you have a partner that doesn't really experience much jealousy, people kind of get concerned about that. Yeah. We also, we've historically romanticized jealousy in certain ways, right? Where it's like, why don't you get jealous? What's wrong mm-hmm. with you, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, how many movies have you seen where it's like, oh, are you jealous? Yeah. yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. like it's seen as sort of this mark of like, if you don't get jealous about me, you must not care about me. You must not value me. Yes, I've run in, I have run into that. Okay, all right. I'm yeah, here. okay. So when I talk about a love-hate relationship, we have this very interesting relationship with jealousy because like when it's happening and it's interfering with something we might want or our day-to-day lives, we don't really like it. Right. But when it's not there, we also get a little concerned. And I've had plenty of people come in where they're really concerned because they're like, my partner doesn't get jealous. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, does it mean that they don't care? Like, does that mean that I'm not valuable to them or I'm not important to them? Some people will even go out of their way to make someone like to try to make someone jealous right. in a way to like feel like uh, it's affirming their partner's care. Yeah, them. yeah, or like you know when you 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 get broken up with and you're like I'm gonna go look fabulous and make them je- I'm gonna find somebody and make them jealous. Yeah, right. okay. And so it's 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 tricky because like we kind of have uh, sort of suggested through messaging that there's this like perfect amount of jealousy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. there's this like perfect mm-hmm. amount. Like don't have have enough that you care, but don't have too much that you're making somebody feel bad, right? Or like being controlling or getting out of control in some kind of way. Um, But I think, you know, you know the drill, you know the format. We should first just talk about what jealousy is. Yes, let's talk about it. But you actually said, I think, something really important. The jealousy does take many different forms. All right, right, I'm a genius. (laughs) Um, 
okay. Um, okay, <laughs> you okay. Are. You said okay. Yeah, you are. You are. Um, so to your point, it can manifest in different ways. I think the, the most common type that we tend to think about is the one that's like associated with like feelings of like fear, bitterness, resentment, hostility related towards like uh, another party or somebody that feels threatening towards something that somebody has or sometimes wants to have. Sure. Right. Yeah. Some, sometimes somebody's like, jealous like uh they're i don't know and and i'll probably talk about it more in the context of relationships but it can happen at work it can happen yeah. with like jobs it can it happens in career frankly. yeah Jealousy of course yeah a lot, a lot right? we do a lot of compare and contrasting to other people's lives and their accomplishments yeah. right? so, so sometimes it's about something that like we actually have and sometimes it's about something that we want and as a point i do want to delineate jealousy from envy okay jealousy and envy are two different things jealousy is often more like focused on another like a third party right like and it's usually like a kind of more concentrated energy or like this person or these people are a threat right to right, me right in right. some kind of way envy is more about wanting something that a person has okay right? yep. so it's it's a little bit less maybe relationally oriented right like it might be wanting the partner that somebody has or like the type of life or lifestyle that somebody has but it's usually less concentrated more on like the idea that like there's a, a specific threat in okay. some kind of way. And okay. jealousy is not always, but often kind of marked by that experience of like somebody feeling very threatened in some kind of way. Um, there are lots, lots of different theories on jealousy, right? And like to your point, sort of around like, uh, what's the purpose? <laughs> like, Why is like, it here? You know, and, and we've talked about this certainly on the podcast before that like most of our emotions serve some kind of purpose. Our brain's mm -hmm, just not sure. like, I mean, our brain does lots of random crap that who knows why it does it. But like for the most part, emotions are purposeful. And um, it's been conceptualized in different ways. I think one of the more popular conceptualizations or even I guess maybe one that I maybe align more with is jealousy is sort of its own form of anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah um, I would agree with that. And, and more of a relationally focused anxiety. It's really more... Um, an experience of, of fear and anxiety around some type of threat of, of loss of something that's important. I think one of the things that when we think about jealousy is like, why, what function does it serve? Well, again, different theories. I think maybe one of the more popular ones might be that like, you know, we are a community species, right? We connect like to survive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have created cultures that make it easy for us to be completely alone and have all of our things delivered. And not, yes. But you still need other people to deliver those things. That's true. Right? That's true. Like, yeah. We are, um, our survival is dependent upon one another, right? So sort of the, I think some of the theories around it might be that jealousy is what reminds us to maybe guard things, right? Like other people bonds that we have because okay. those are, those are important, important to, our, to us. To yeah. our survival, that makes right? sense. Cause you have to remember like our brains have not evolved as fast as our societies. I agree with that wholeheartedly, <laughs> Doc. Just look around the world. I'm with you, 100%. Right. So, like, and a lot of, you know, we've talked, I don't know how many times I've said on the podcast, like, we're really just fancy animals, yeah. right? So, like, emotions come more from that animal part of that brain, the survival part, right? Sure. The part of our brain is just trying to keep us going, keep us moving, and, and keep us alive. So, that jealousy often comes from some type of I think instinctive fear that we're going to lose something that's really important. And more often than not, I think more unconsciously important to our survival in some way. Okay. Now, 
logically, <laughs> like oftentimes it might not be. Um, but I think in general, like jealousy can get a really bad rap as somebody like, as maybe more of like a feeling that has to do with just someone being like angry or immature or like, um, jealousy and like controlling, like people being controlling when they're jealous, like those are really common sort of associations. Now I want to be clear, some people can be controlling in their jealousy, right? Like some people when they're feeling jealous can then behaviorally say, Hey, I don't want you to do that. Or you're not allowed to talk to this person or do you know what I mean? And, sure. some, pe and some people in more extreme ways than others. But there's also just a lot of folks that are struggling with feelings of jealousy, but they're not like behaviorally trying to control anything. It's more of just an internal experience that they're having. They're yeah. having like a lot of anxiety and they're feeling really worried about what this is. Today, and I want to be clear, um, we will focus more on the types of jealousy that are more maybe day to day because there are like extreme forms of jealousy where somebody becomes like abusive or almost near delusional. Yeah. I've experienced kind of like neuroses, like neurotic. Yeah, like you've used yeah. the word like paranoid, like yeah. someone's really paranoid about something. And like, that's more of an atypicality. So we're not going to focus as much on that. Like, does that exist? And do some people unfortunately have experiences of maybe either feeling that way or having a partner? that behave that way? Yes, those are very real things. But for the sake of today's conversation, right, we'll focus more on, I would say more of the, the like jealousy that doesn't turn into criminal behavior. There we go. That's, yeah, that's a good, I think that's a good stopping point. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we'll, we'll kind of go. To that place of like where I was so jealous, I poisoned their tea. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Well, and it's interesting because people often, like, jealousy gets a bad rap, right? A lot of times, I mean, most people experience feelings of jealousy at some point in their life, and some people more intensely than others. And I think it gets a bad rap because some people are, like, have associated it also with, like, self-esteem. Yes, 100%. Yeah, how have you... Well, I mean, uh, I, I was dating somebody literally uh, uh, before my current wife years ago, and she literally, her jealousy never went to the place of, uh, you know, jail <laughs> or like, you know, but uh, her self-worth was wrapped up in my adoration for her. And anything that seemingly came and interrupted that flow <laughs> would send her into a place of she wasn't good enough, attractive enough, instead of a place where I had also dated somebody who was like, who's on your phone? Who is that person? How dare you talk to somebody else? I'm the only person in your life, kind of a personality. This was like another woman texted me, I'm like, yes, my friend from, you know, whatever the show I was in and, you know, just uh, we're genuinely friends, never had a relationship. Why are you talking to other women? Am I not enough for you? Is it not enough for me and you to be together that you have to talk to other women and that I'm ugly? And I was like, oh, that was a leap in my mind. But that was her truth, and that's all we can, you know. Yeah. Am I saying it? Yeah, like, so I think, like, that's interesting, right? Like, so that might be a situation in which someone's maybe self-worth or self-esteem is impacting jealousy. And then there's lots of other times where somebody has a pretty healthy self-esteem for whatever reason. Yeah, yes. For whatever reason, they still feel kind of jealous. I think, um, so I... Um, uh, see a lot of folks that are like ethically non-monogamous, right? So they might be in a lifestyle, there might be polyamorous or right, open right, right. relationships. And, you know, and I think it's maybe this is more of an example, but like sometimes I'll have people come in, particularly in those styles of relationships and talk about like, 
when they feel jealous, feeling really embarrassed because they don't feel kind of as, as enlightened. Right. Right. As other people. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so it really also like depends on like maybe the context of, of the relationship you know, or just maybe the communities that you're a yeah, part yeah. of. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you in one community, somebody might be like, well, aren't you jealous? And people might think it's weird that you're not jealous. Right? Yeah. And in a different community, somebody might be like, what's happening with you that yeah. you're feeling jealous? But it's such a, a normal emotion that we all experience. Um, Listen, happens to me. I mean, I get jealous. I, I mean, listen, it is what it is. My wife's my queen. And if I thought something, I'd be, I get jealous. I just do. Like, But I don't, I've tried very hard over the years to, you know, get a, a handle on it. So as it doesn't spiral out of control to a place of like anxious and, you know, mad or frustrated or, you know, wanting to, you know, read someone's diary. Not that she has a diary, but you follow what I'm saying. Right. Well, and I think it's important to separate jealousy into two different categories. There's rational jealousy and there's irrational jealousy. So rational jealousy is remember, you know, like if we're thinking about like, what, what is our brain trying to do at all times? For the most part, it's always trying to keep us alive and to protect us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. And you know, our mind is meant like it, it cues into things that again, seem like they might negatively impact our survival. And sometimes like it's our brain going, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Right. And that's uh, anxiety in general does that. And if we conceptualize jealousy as sort of its own form of that, like a more of a relationally focused form of that, a lot of times, you know, sometimes people have do have a legitimate reason to be jealous, right? Like something is actually happening Yes, and it's their mind saying, pay attention. Something going is going on here that doesn't feel quite right. Right. Mm -hmm. And that jealousy might drive people to like, keep asking somebody a question about a certain relationship they're having, or might just cause somebody to kind of keep questioning something. Yeah. And what's interesting, right. Is like, that is a scenario in which jealousy is completely rational, right? It's right. Right. Makes sense. It is occurring in the context of a actual threat, Mm -hmm. like something that's real. I think the type of jealousy that can be more of a struggle, like don't get me wrong, that's its own struggle because it's often maybe associated with like affairs or infidelity right, right, in some right, kind right, of way. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But, and the bummer in that is sometimes in people trying to maybe like if there's an affair and someone, the person that's having an affair is maybe trying to protect that or have secrets around that, the person that's feeling jealous is, you know, maybe in the mess, you know, and, and it's a complicated scenario for both people, I'm sure. But, you know, the person feeling jealous is often made to feel irrational. Got it. And that that can be even kind of further injury later down the line Mm -hmm. when when maybe an affair or infidelity is discovered. And so there is absolutely a rational form of anxiety that we, a rational form of jealousy that we experience. I think the stuff that tends to be a little more complicated, I mean, they're all complicated, but a little bit more complicated for people to understand in relationships is when it's more irrational. Right. And a lot of times our mind is able to do two things at one time, which is have this intellect, like this intellectual awareness that like things are probably fine. But then we have this other simultaneously irrational voice that's going threat, threat, threat. Something's wrong. Right. Yes. Yes. So even in really secure relationships where somebody is like, I trust my partner, I feel very trusting of my partner at the same time can find themselves feeling very jealous of their partner's relationships with other people, maybe a coworker that they get along with really well, or maybe they're just going to be around other people that they think their partner might be attracted to. Mm-hmm. And so they can't, and, it, and it's, and it's kind of t- jealousy can be tough on relationships in those scenarios because 
you know, the person that's maybe on the receiving end of the jealousy can go, why don't you trust me? And be hearing back, I do trust you. But then also simultaneously, (laughs) at the exact same time, be hearing a lot of anxiety and fear about what this person might be doing. And, you know, like, that's a really tricky, sometimes dynamic for both people to figure out how to negotiate because on one hand, someone's like, intellectually, I know that that we're probably fine. Right. But I'm having a lot of a lot of anxiety that's occurring around whatever the threat might be. Um, you're going to be really proud of me. I built in a break again. Oh my God, you are crushing it this season. Like you are crushing it. Like I, I am... Yeah. We're evolving. <laughs> we're evolving together. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so proud of you. Oh, actually, you know what? I have one more thing to say before this break. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I fucking should. I should have. You knew you it. You baited me right into that. I literally was leaning in to do my it sexy little, voice. It made me a little joyful, if I'm being honest. Of course it did. I wasn't um, so, side note, there is also, when I was talking about stuff that, that might start to get a little bit more severe on the jealousy end is when it when it's irrational and people don't have any insight into it, right? So, we all have irrational fears, right? Like, all of us do. Yeah, where me with like, spiders. Yeah, like, we're both scared, but we know that it's probably fine at yeah. the exact same time. But then again, spiders can murder you and suck your blood. Sure. Did you see arachnophobia? I did. It terrified ah, me. me. <laughs> Seems like you did. Um, so we can have that, right? Like we can have that, but jealousy that's irrational that people don't have insight into, right? Like they're not aware that they're being highly irrational. That's the type of jealousy that that if one is going to trend towards getting more concerning or dangerous or severe, it's when people don't have insight into Got it, it, right? Like they don't have awareness the, what they're saying. And that's when other people start saying like, you feel paranoid or like I, you seem paranoid or you seem like really like out there with what you think is happening or what you think is doing. And that's the stuff when I talk about stuff that's more on the severe end it, that can happen. So we're going to be talking more about the type where people have more insight into it. All right. There you go. Now I'm ready. Okay. Now you're ready. Okay. We'll be right back. And we're back and we're all still so proud of the doc that she is writing in these breaks. Writing them in. I can't promise I'm going to keep remembering to do it. Okay, well, I can't promise I'm going to keep praising you. So here we go. (laughs) Let's get back to it. (laughs) So, okay. Uh, You know, uh, so how, how do we better manage jealousy, right? For ourselves and for our relationships. What's really interesting is a lot of times people might... I think assume that like when someone wants to work on, when someone comes in to work on jealousy and therapy, it's because their partner wants them to, but I've had so many people where they're just of their own motivation. Oh, hundred percent. You're like this feel this, it's a terrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling, horrible feeling. And, and you just, if you don't mind Jeremiah, you were saying how you experienced it. It's visceral, right? Visceral, like hundred percent. Like how did you feel physically? Oh, I felt like I was going to vomit. Like I was like, I was like, physically ill by the level of jealousy that I was feeling. Like it would like make me physically like, uh, like I I felt insane is the only way Mm -hmm. that I could describe it. Like I felt like I wanted to like, it was so weird because it was the best way to describe it was like, I wanted to uh, possibly punch another guy in the face and then cry or both 
Like, mm-hmm. I, like it just was like it was just a mishmash of like, yeah, get it together, dude. There's some quote, and I'm not going to remember it. This is like a gross uh, uh, bastardization. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, is not correct, but it was some. It's something to the effect of like jealousy is inconvenient for the for the person that it's like focused on, and torture for the person experiencing it. Ooh, yeah, right, like. It is it is uh, maybe inconvenient or upsetting and frustrating for someone when their partner is being jealous. But when you are experiencing jealousy, it more often than not, especially depending on how strong it is, feels terrible. Yeah. And I say that out loud because part of, I think, what's important in terms of managing it within ourselves and with others is trying to have some compassion that... No one would choose to feel jealous. I don't think so. I got to be honest. I don't think so. It's not usually like a, hey, you know how I could like really make today a better day? It's just to feel like a nut job and be like (laughs) Like, climbing on my own skin. All consuming physiological and psychological distress. I mean, people will talk about feeling sick to their stomachs. They'll talk about feeling hot. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like sometimes people will be like, I feel like red takes over, you know, where they just don't feel as in control. And so uh, it is a highly unpleasant experience. And so if you are somebody where you experience jealousy and a lot, again, a lot of times when I'm talking to people about it, they're feeling really embarrassed and really shameful about it. Right. Or their partners, understandably so feeling pretty frustrated with them for it. So I think a lot of times some of the the best places to start is also just this idea of like compassion. (laughs) Having some compassion for ourselves and for other people that like most people are not going to choose a jealous experience. Right, right. It's it's real nasty. (laughs) And it doesn't feel good. Um, In terms of like different things to do, a lot of times, and again, we're going to focus more on kind of the, the irrational kind with insight, right? Yeah. Because... What you do and what might work or be helpful is going to be different, right? Like if sure. somebody has no insight into their jealousy, well, first you got to help them build that, right? right? Like you have right. to help somebody understand that the threat's not real. Yeah. But more often than not, when jealousy is occurring, people can kind of find, like can, it's easier for some, it's kind of a continuum, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like people can kind of step back and go, okay, what is, what is actually happening, right? right. Like right. what is the actual threat? Um, I am curious, what did you do to help get over your jealousy? What are some of the things that you did? Well, for me, uh, you know, it, it was just something that kind of, like I said, it was, if it was good for the goose, it was good for the gander. Cause I was doing this, you know, in the context of open relationships and the lifestyle. And, you know, I felt very upset with myself that I was thinking in a way that was really hypocritical, that I could do what I wanted to do, but this person couldn't do what they wanted to do. And that just felt really shitty. And, uh, that I knew I had to get a grip on that and really face it down. And what I came to find was that it was like, uh, it was like a self, like it was, I, I don't know, it was like, a, I, only way I could describe it was like, a, it was like a house of cards. Like it looked like a house made of bricks and it looked like it was really big and strong or like the Hulk, you know what I mean? And then I realized it was kind of paper thin. Like it was my mind almost like playing tricks on me. Mm-hmm. And the way that I equated it, I think I've said this before in, I know it's gonna sound really dumb, but it just was a way that it connected to me was there was that movie with, um, you know, what was it? What was the guy that like held up the the boombox in the eighties? Oh, say anything. Yeah, say anything. It wasn't that movie, but that actor, John Cusack. John Cusack. So there was a movie with John Cusack, and actually like starred Jack Black as well, and they worked in a High record. Fidelity. High fidelity. All right. So in that movie, like you know, he was 
thinking about his girlfriend upstairs with Ian. Oh, yeah. And how yeah. they she was having, like, the greatest sex of her life with Ian. And he's, like, rolling around the bed and, like, being totally irrational and, like, thrashing around and putting the pillow over his mm -hmm. face. And that's how I felt with my jealousy. And then, I, you know, kind of towards the end of it, he doesn't really say it, but it gets to that place of, like, you realize you're being irrational. You know, your mind's playing tricks on you, right? So, like, a perfect example in the lifestyle would be, you know, and my partner would go off to be with a couple, right? You know, this couple's got four kids and they live in France. Like, and in my head, like, she's going to leave me. Like, she's going to leave me. Like, what, to go to France and be the au pair? You know, like, <laughs> you're going to be like the second mom to these other kids? I mean, it's pretty minute chance. Like, when I started breaking it down logically in my head and thinking about that movie scene of just the irrational nature, because our mind plays tricks on us. It makes us believe things and that, that may not necessarily be true or be real. And the ironic thing was, you know, my partner went off and she literally, this was a real situation, went off with the, the couple and filmed the whole thing for me so I could come back and watch it. And I was so stressed. Like the whole day I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to crawl out of my skin, doc. But I literally had to talk myself down off the ledge because logically it didn't make sense the things that I was thinking. Is she really going to leave me and move to France to be with these people and their four children? I mean, they have a nice house, but four children, you know, that's a lot. And that's, you know, so that might be a little bit irrational, right? Like this might not be, you know, or the idea that she's going to be with them and be like, I never want to touch you again sexually because I've reached the apex and it's not you. Eh, I didn't, I just realized through these amazing people that you are no good at this, you know, kind of a scenario. So all these like irrational fears were like exploding around me. And so, but I really thought about that movie and started going, you are just like these things. It's not real. Like what you're thinking is it, it, it maybe like out of a hundred percent, maybe like 0.99. It'd be like a very small percentage that my partner was going to actually leave me in that moment. Right. So, but that was how I kind of like started thinking about it. Like you are, you are not real. This is not real. My mind is running away with itself and I need to get a grip on it. And I started just talking to, ironically, talking to myself like well, that. Interestingly, that would be uh, like a cognitive behavioral therapy approach, right? Where you start to build evidence to the contrary of the things that you fear, right? Like you say, what are my fears? My partner is going to become an au pair in France, right? right? And then like, that's the fear. What is the evidence to the contrary of that, right? Like, what are the things that help me go, that doesn't make much sense. Right. right? Um, and I will get into some of the things that, um, some more things that I think. Can, and so I think what you're talking about is a, is a really helpful skill, right? Which is like sort of starting to like look at your fears and actually naming them and then stepping back and going, let's like use this beautiful logical of my, like logical mind of mine to like look at those and start asking myself some questions. But I think there's some other things that people can do as well. But before that, I'd actually like to start with talking about maybe how partners can handle it. Okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I really would suggest, and this is, these are all hard, they're all easier said than done. But for partners, one of the first things, because it can really help <laughs> this whole scenario because it's a dynamic, right? Jealousy becomes a dynamic. Sure, two people, sure, yeah, yeah. Right? And the more angry someone reacts to someone else's jealousy, sometimes then it starts to feed that fear. There is something wrong. They're angry with me, right? Like it, it amplifies the sense right. of threat. Right. Right? So when somebody can really work on not personalizing it, and part of what I mean by it is that, that 
if you're with someone and they're expressing jealousy that feels irrational, it's really easy and really understandable to jump into that, like, why don't you trust me kind of mindset and to also just feel really hurt by that, by that you're perceiving that someone's not trusting you. But as a psychologist and someone that gets to talk to people a lot about their jealousy, oftentimes someone's jealousy has really nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like a lot of times it has nothing to do with their trust in you. Sometimes it does, but it might have to do with things that happened long before they ever met you, right? Or life experiences that they had, or just certain kind of anxious uh, predispositions that they might have. And if your partner is sitting there telling you that they trust you, and I know it's hard, try to believe them, right? right? And that this jealousy might be about something else that's really not actually about you. And I know that that's like a real mature thing (laughs) to like ask someone to do, but it can really help because if we start reacting to someone that's struggling with jealousy with a lot of anger and a lot of upset, and if we conceptualize jealousy as kind of an anxiety, it's not going to reduce. Yeah. It's not going to reduce. So sometimes the best thing we can do for ourselves when we have a partner is also just trying to work to keep our own sort of presence and groundedness and compassion. Yeah. Um, So the other thing that I always recommend, and I know I recommend it a lot, something that might help with the, the, the thing I just said is to work on empathizing. Sure. And empathy is a active skill, right? And sometimes it's a really tough active skill, right? I had someone throw rocks at my head today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm stretching around empathy around why they might have thrown rocks at me today. Sure. And so when you think about jealousy, something that can be helpful and it might seem odd is to try to think about a time in which you felt afraid of something totally irrational. Yeah. And try to ask yourself, like, have I ever felt complete fear about something that totally didn't make sense. And odds are good if you're a human being, the answer is yes. Yes, yes. And if the answer is yes. If you're a human, you're yes, yes. And if you're a remotely honest human being, the answer is yes. Right. Right? Like, it's going to help you yourself with, like, more patience and understanding for the experience because it probably is going to require some patience. The other thing that I would say is um, providing reassurance because a lot of times when people are feeling jealous, they might seek a lot of reassurance. And I'm not against that. I think it's good to provide some reassurance, but also set boundaries when it's feeling like too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if you start really like over reassuring in ways that start to feel annoying to you, it's going to get real hard to hold up that compassion piece. Yeah. You're going to start to feel resentful and upset and angry. So like setting boundaries would be like, if someone's like, is it really okay? Is it really like, I told you it's, it was okay. And, you know, I, I'm i going to ask that you don't ask me that again today. Right? And you I'm going to ask again that you don't tap the microphone. When, I'm when so you, sorry. When you just you really I'm love so to. Sorry. I mean. I'm a very. I you, love that you talk with your hands. Just don't don't hit the table. It's just more work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would also say for partners, and this is separate on that first thing that we talked about. Uh, try not to give your partner shit if they're not a jealous person. Do not create a different monster that you do not want. Yes, I would totally agree with that <laughs> wholeheartedly. Right. Trust me, as somebody who has dealt with jealous people, like don't, don't if they're not jealous, you know, don't it, don't, don't try to create. It does that not monster. mean that they don't care about you or value you. It doesn't mean that they wouldn't hurt without you, or that if something happened to you, that they wouldn't be heartbroken. It's just different people have different fears in different places. Yeah. Right. Like we we don't all fear the same thing, and we don't all fear it to the same level. Okay. I can switch over to what to do if you are struggling with jealousy. Yes. Yes. Let's fix it. So actually, you actually gave some very, uh, I think, helpful tips, right? Which Of course I did. I don't know what they were, but I'm sure they were brilliant. Okay. 
Um, they were, right? So I think some of the more general stuff that you can do is actually what Jeremiah was talking about, which is like working on sort of asking yourself, like if you know, like, oh, insight's a beautiful thing, right? If you have insight, you have power. Right? Yes, I like that. Like, if you have insight, you have power. Right. T-shirt of the week. Right. If you have insight, you have power. You have power to go, I know this isn't true, right? But it might take some work. You might have to, as Jeremiah was actually giving a good example of, sit down and actually start talking to yourself, right? Which is why one of my main uh, probably pieces of advice for people is shifting focus to reassuring yourself versus seeking reassurance from someone else. Okay. Like a lot of times when people are worried about... Um, their partner doing something, the impulse understandably is to ask their partner to, to tell them everything's okay. Sure. Right. But that's a band-aid. Yeah. Right. It's just a band-aid and it's going to feel good. It, it might help for a minute. And maybe if it's very, very mild jealousy, it does the trick. But if you're struggling with something a little bit more pervasive, that's just not going away, it's going to be harder work, but you're going to get way, way more bandwidth over the course of your lifespan if you start learning how to reassure yourself, which part of it is what you were talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, you're working on telling yourself, like self-soothing, like it's okay. Right, right. I'm okay. Yes. And sometimes you can do that by the example that you gave, which is like identifying the fears and going, these are not rational. Sometimes, and this sometimes can make people a little uncomfortable, but it's about telling yourself that even if your worst case scenario fear is true, that you would be okay. Right. That you could handle it, right? Yeah, all right. That's so exactly if your it. former uh -huh. partner ran off with to become an au pair in France, hypothetically, right? That you, if, if it wasn't working to kind of talk yourself down from and going, no, this doesn't seem that likely. If you still couldn't let that part go, going, okay, let's say she did. Would I be okay? Could I get through that, right? And rather than focusing on like telling yourself something's not real, you're focusing on kind of reinvesting in your own resilience, right? Yeah, like, I like that. That's another t-shirt, reinvesting in your own resilience. Right, I got to write these down for titles yes. in the future. Mine wasn't as punchy today, so well, I got to- I mean, listen, I'm not, listen, <laughs> we can't, if we can't take criticism, we can't grow. Yeah, that's, you, you were right. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'll keep working. You should reinvest in your own something or other that you just said. I love your listening skills. Uh -huh, 100%. Uh, re reinvesting in your own resilience. Um, the other thing, and it seems simple, but I think it is really powerful. Slow down. Yeah. A lot of times when we're anxious, um, especially jealousy can sometimes feel like panic. People yes, I'm telling you, panic central. Yeah, it can feel like having a panic attack. Yes. It's like a different sort of I thought of I was going to crawl out of my skin. Right. And so doing stuff like think about it in the same way you think about if I was having a panic attack, what would I do? Well, I would maybe sit down. I'd try some breathing exercises, right? I would try to like slow down. Maybe I would go take a hot shower or a hot bath, like literally things you would do if you were panicking. Mm -hmm. Side note, if you are having panic attacks, it's rarely good to say, oh no, I'm panicking. Stop panicking. <laughs> like One of the best things to do is to be like, okay, I'm having this feeling. No feeling's going to last forever, right? right? Like this will pass, this right? This too will pass. This too will pass. But I do got to try to just find some, some groovy, chill things. Yeah. Let me see what happens when I get this panic sensation under control. Um, another thing, and I promise I'm almost done here. Um, I would say own it. A lot of times people feel the need to deny that they're feeling jealous. And then it creates more conflict because the other person goes, you're clearly behaving in a very jealous way. <laughs> and then they feel like they're like being, you know, like kind of, uh, what's the word that everyone uses now? Um, 
well, I can't think of it, right? It's in pop culture all the time now, but like um, that they're being like, someone's like telling them a truth that doesn't gotcha. okay. exist, mm-hmm. right? And so people get- Gaslighting. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, people feel like they're being gaslit and then they're, they get really angry and upset about that. And again, it just fuels that fire even more. So even if more. you know you're being jealous, there is, and, and this is where part of that is like working on that self-compassion. I'm going, yes. I do feel jealous and like owning it and saying like, yes, this is something that's happening for me. Um, If you're aware that the, the anxiety that you're having around like the jealous anxiety that you're having is not a very rational experience. I'm really, really going to discourage from what I would call monitoring behaviors. So tracking people's locations on their phone. Yeah. That's not healthy, right? Scrolling their Facebook page yeah. a lot, checking their phone and mm. looking on their phone. This more than like, like again, band-aid effect. People end up often more anxious, right? Right. Let's say you're tracking your partner's GPS and they forgot to tell you that they were gonna go get gas right. on their way home, right? Or get you a present or something. Yeah, and now like, all of a whoops. sudden you're questioning anything that's a little deviation, right? Yeah. Or like our minds in absence of information, our minds create stories, right? And so it's often, if somebody's actually doing something, more often than not, it will be discovered without you needing to do that, right? Like right. it's usually not actually gonna move the needle all that much. right? Um, but it's usually a brief relief and it's not gonna last and it's gonna probably amplify your anxiety more. Um, and as always, I, we talk a lot in the university of here at the university of pleasure that like talking about it is good, but again, talking about it with boundaries. Right. And so what I mean by that is like, sometimes your partner is not the right person to talk to about. Oh, wholeheartedly. Oh, I totally agree with this. Like talk to some, first of all, if I may add to this caveat and you might be already saying it, like talk to somebody else, but also talk to more of like a neutral person. Like, you know, don't go to one person who's like, yeah, your partner's nuts or yeah, you know, they're a hundred percent right. Like don't find somebody that's- Yeah, yeah, just, don't find your most extreme friend. Yeah, don't find your most extreme friend. Like find somebody that's like, hey, like, let's talk about why you might feel like that, man. Like, you know, why are you feeling that way, dude? Yeah, you know, because it's like, if the, if the other person's like, oh, you have every right to be, that person's she's definitely sleeping with somebody. Like you'd be like, oh my God. Like Yeah, like, so, cause sometimes like your partner, if you know it's irrational, especially, and you, you really are like, I really do trust my partner. And that's a really common experience in jealousy. Maybe think about, I'm not saying don't tell your partner what's going on, but like if you really need to do more in-depth processing around it, it might actually be more beneficial to do that with someone that's not your partner. Yes. Um, for all the reasons you just named. And like to be, yes, be thoughtful about the person you choose. Don't choose the person that trends towards like maybe pessimism and everyone like maybe not as trusting of the world yeah. and others. That's this is why I never trust anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe skip that one and go yeah, for other sense. advice. Totally makes um, sense. I think really at the end of all of it, and, and you know, as always, like if you're, if you're listening to this and, and it's like, I have these things and I've tried all that stuff that you're talking about, like the more, the more severe jealousy, the more you might want to consider like talking to someone that professionally can help you dig into that a little bit more deeply and understand like the roots of that and where that might be coming from. Especially if you know that like the person that you're with is pretty trustworthy. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of like the final reminder, like jealousy is really just a signal that something matters to someone. 
There you go. Right. It's just, that's what it means. It's That's, that's like three t-shirts today. Yeah, right, right. That's <laughs> But it's not black and white, right? Like jealousy, it, it doesn't mean that if it's not there, then they don't matter to you. Sure, right? Sure. But it is a signal like, I value this thing. Right. I value this thing and I'm afraid of that loss. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, give it, uh, if, you're, if you're listening and it's something that you know you've struggled with, and I would say most of us have mm-hmm. at some point in time, you know. The other thing that you can also think of doing is if you and your partner have never really talked about the topic of jealousy in your relationship and you want to understand how each other's jealous, like, do you get jealous? Do you? That's sometimes a really good conversation too, especially in the more beginnings of a relationship. Yeah. So you understand what you're getting into right away. Right. Or it doesn't take you by surprise. Right. So if some, then you can know earlier on if someone's like, yeah, I don't that I do get that jealous and like and then you're talking about that more in like this neutral space yes. right where it's not like now jealousy is happening and you're trying to problem solve it right so more of just you know a casual conversation sometime you might want to have that conversation <laughs> early on in the relationship sure. or if you've yeah. not or if you've just never had it yes. right it's worth it's worth having all right so there you go well doc I appreciate you I appreciate all that you do for so many uh, this was a great episode because I've lived it, I've felt it, I know what you're talking about, and you're right. All of my ideas were brilliant, and I <laughs> really appreciate that, and I'm, I'm humbled that you felt that you could tell me those things, and mm-hmm. that you're not jealous of my brilliant talent, and I that I didn't go to school for, this, for any I have other. a question what? for this, hmm? this season. I'm noticing a trend in this season, and I do think it was a trend in the previous three seasons, which is, are we always going to end on a reiteration of your brilliance? I think so. I think. Okay. I, think I just so. want to. Well, I, you know, like you know, I think we're we a little work. into our relationship to have maybe had that conversation ahead of time. You know what? There is that never, I'm a megalomaniac. And what but... I would say is, it's never too late. <laughs> it's never. It is never too late to have an important relational conversation. Well, we'll do that off air, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, in all honesty, uh, I've lived it. I totally understand it, and I, I'm glad we actually did this episode directly and talked about it because I think it's going to help a lot of people. So, thank you again for all that you do, Doc. Thank you to our millions of fans all over the world here at the University of Pleasure. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and check out all our social medias and all that jazz. And again, remember, everybody, it's rough out there. Just be kind to one another, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye, Doc. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.